Hello and welcome to another episode of the Project Purple podcast. I'm Dino Varelli, founder and CEO of Project Purple. And today we are back in the podcast studio with a special episode of the Project Purple podcast. As we celebrate our 10th anniversary, we are going to bring back some of our survivors for a recap and update episode. Thank you for listening and enjoy today's episode. So we're back in the podcast studio and I've got a special friend with us on the phone, someone who's been on our podcast before and also we've done videos, a video I should say, not videos, not multiple, but a video of pancreatic cancer survivor, Kevin King. Kevin, thank you for joining us on the Project Purple podcast. Oh, I'm happy to be with you, Dino. Thank you for having me. And you know, this morning, Full disclosure for audience, I was running this morning and I was thinking about this, you know, this was scheduled in the calendar and I was thinking, I was like, wow, I think Kevin was like our seventh episode on the podcast. I think you were like one of the first survivors. I think when when I had this idea to do the podcast and wanted to go in the direction of having survivors on, I think you were the first person that I reached out to. So kind of amazing how, you know, this is part of our 10th anniversary podcast series on and and this one in particular Kevin uh, is with our survivors and our fighters our inspiration and just looking back you know this is going to be like I think it'll air it'll be like episode 130 or 131 and we inter- you know we, wow. we had you in episode 7 I think and I could be I could be off maybe a digit a couple digits or two but so pretty fascinating you know to see full circle you know, and to have you come back. So thank you for, for being back on the podcast and thank you. You know, we did the video of your why a couple years back and you were, you know, graced us, to, you know, to share your story about what's your why and, and your fight. And so um, for our audience listening at home, they may have seen your video and, and heard your original interview, but I just want to kind of give uh, maybe some new listeners kind of a, a journey update for you, uh, or for them, I should say, of your journey with pancreatic cancer. And if you could share with our audience, you know, how long you've been fighting um, and and where are you currently right now in treatment and in, in the whole journey with pancreatic cancer? Sure. Um, I'm waiting for those royalty checks from that seventh <laughs> podcast episode. I'm, I'm going to check the mailbox this afternoon and see if anything in there. But uh, I appreciated that uh, opportunity and the, and the watch your why, if any of your viewers haven't heard it, uh, seen it, I, I'm pretty proud of what we did there. Um, my, my journey started in uh, right around Thanksgiving in 2013 and uh, was diagnosed with uh, pancreatic cancer. They did not stage it at that point. Uh, I developed some cramping in my uh, abdomen that just wasn't something that I felt was right. It lasted for a few, uh, maybe a couple of weeks until I finally just got the nerve up to go to see my doctor. And when she sent me for some tests, it resulted in a biopsy. Eventually that uh, resulted in uh, a tumor in the head of my pancreas. Uh, so the, the challenge for me initially was the uh, fact that it was uh, aligned next to an artery that uh, the surgeon in at Yale New Haven 
uh, Smilo, where I was uh, eventually uh, operated on with the Whipple procedure the following July in 2014, uh, I needed chemo to shrink the tumor away from that artery so that the surgery could be performed. And uh, fortunately for me, the chemo did work, uh, and the doctor uh, successfully performed the Whipple procedure. It was a nine-hour surgery, and uh, to his credit, I'll, I'll throw him a plug. Dr. Ronald Salem mm-hmm. uh, came out of that nine-hour surgery exhausted. I slept through the whole thing, but uh, the results were just magnificent, and there's no better feeling than you know, coming out of surgery and knowing that, um, A, you made it, and B, you know, the margins were clean, and uh, it looked like things were going to be uh, pretty positive for me. Uh, and then pancreatic cancer is, as anybody who's listening to this knows, silent sort of stealth cancer that rears its ugly head without notice sometimes. And even in the case of recurrence, which I've had, a couple of recurrences, not in the pancreas, but uh, in the stomach lining, and I'm still being treated. Actually, have uh, an infusion scheduled next Wednesday, uh, and I've been going for treatments now for about well six years, on and off. I've had some long uh, periods, actually even over a year, where I've had no treatments and periods of six months, uh, and I've had periods where I've been in treatment for six months at a time. Um, All in all, the only real uh, downside for me has been uh, a little bit of fatigue and weight loss that uh, I think is the only material thing that's impacted me is loss of about 20 pounds from 180 to 160. But uh, I could have used a little (laughs) weight loss anyway at 180, but I wouldn't recommend pancreatic cancer as a way to lose weight. But uh, I feel good. My energy level is uh, excellent. Uh, I don't exercise like I used to. Playing basketball and things like that are in my past. But I golf. I walk a lot. uh, do a lot of stretching, exercise, and uh, try to eat right. Um, You know, try to stay away from uh, foods that would uh, impact my digestive system because uh, that's one of the factors is you know your whole body changes after Whipple and mm-hmm. uh, you're on Creon and some other medications like pantoprazole and they help with the enzyme production but you know you have to be careful about what you eat because it can be uh, troubling for your digestive system um, so if you so, if you've had, I just want to jump in here for a second, Kevin. If you, if you, do you count how many times you've gone to chemo over the seven years? I occasionally will ask them, yes, <laughs> um, just out of curiosity. And yeah. it, it's somewhere in the 50s now. Wow. Uh, it might be 51 or so, low 50s. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's been, you know, each one, it, I've become very uh, regimented about yeah. my treatments. So, I can predict what my body will do right mm-hmm. after treatment and, you know, when I can expect to have uh, the energy because you do get a boost of energy. Some of the one of the uh, solutions in the cocktail is prednisone. So, you know, the initial rush that you get, 
you know, my wife wanted me to wash windows the other day. I'm like, no, I, we have like 15 windows. I'm not starting to wash windows. You know, I'm not that, I'm not that inspired. But then once it wears off a day or two after, you know, you, you get that fatigue sets in. And, yep. uh, but being through it as many times as I have gives me some level of uh, expectation that helps. You yep. know, I can kind of plan my my day and my schedule, knowing what I can do and what I can't. It's amazing. 50 rounds, 50 plus rounds. It's, uh, you know, when you, you hear that and, uh, you know, I, I think that's something, you know, families listening and patients listening, that's a, it's a miracle, you know, uh, that, you know, you can say that and, uh, you know, it's, it's powerful stuff, Kevin. Yeah. Well, chemo's not easy to, you know, I think, you know, you, you've used the term, it's not chemo as, yeah. as kind of a work harder. set people straight. Yeah. yeah. Just, you know, a reality check, you know, when you think you're dealing with something that's, you know, tough and we're all dealing with a lot of tough things right now with this Absolutely. virus, but you know, it kind of brings it back into perspective because it, it, it does become a grind, um, you know, in fairness, it's, I try to keep a, a glass half full attitude that that's helped me get to where I am today. But, uh, the reality is there are some days you just, you just feel like I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. You know, it's just my mouth, you know, gets, you get sort of a, a lousy taste in your mouth and it just, you know, food doesn't taste as good sometimes after treatment. And, you know, you're like, wow, this is really hard, but, Look, you have to make decisions based on choices and alternatives. And look, the, the alternative for me isn't um, that great. If I go off it, uh, what's happened is it's it's come back. Yeah. Um, but it's been managed. You know, that's the beauty of the chemo is it it's working. What I what I have is fulfurinox, and it's it's worked for me. And at this point, they're going to continue to keep me on that as long as necessary until. Uh, there's a, a better solution. Absolutely. And there will be. I'm confident there will be. I mean, there's just, you know, when I, when I was diagnosed, the, survive, the five-year survival rate, you know, was was 5%. I know. It's, it's, it's over 10% now. I'm one of those stats. Yeah, it's a, you know it's it's amazing how far it's come, but you know we've got a long way to go. Um, but yeah, and that's what I think we've we've. I've always advocated, you know, the longer you stay in the game, and I think you and I have talked about this, you know, there's so much happening, you know, around the world for this disease, um, you know, sadly with a pandemic that has, uh, it did shut down a lot of the labs and, you know, that wasn't a good thing, but we're back to, uh, I think where we were pre-COVID for a lot of the labs in the, in the world, you know, that are fighting this thing and, and, you know, a lot is still happening. You know, so we, we just have to continue to push and, and continue to, to keep staying in the game. The longer you're in the game, the likelihood of something coming out that will be a game changer, as I always say. So I uh, couldn't agree anymore. And, you know, it's organizations like yours and credit to you and your staff really for, you know, carrying that mission forward, you know, in spite of all the the distractions, yeah. maybe that's not the right word, but oh, no, you know, that's, that's, that's COVID, pretty, you know, yeah. has obviously impacted uh, any opportunities we have for, um, uh, you know, even fundraising and Correct. things like that, I'm sure have been impacted because of this as well. Yeah. And, and hopefully that'll rebound, you know, once uh, we get through this. Yeah, I, I think it will. And we're already starting to hopefully see some of that. 
My next uh, question for you, Kevin, I've got four questions here for you. And I, I changed the order, full disclosure, I did give you a, a heads up before we hit the record button. Uh, what would be your best advice that you would give someone, you know, listening oh. that maybe just recently got diagnosed and maybe someone, you know, and I know this is, these are kind of loaded questions, as we said before we hit the record button, because I, I and I say loaded and what do I mean by that? I, just full disclosure, I don't think there's a right or wrong answer to any of these, right? And this is, you know, your experience. And I think that's one of the powerful things about what we do here with this podcast and sharing these journeys is that it's also the frustrating part of this disease that everyone kind of goes through a different journey symptomatically, the way they tolerate chemos, um, you know, and, and, you know, there's not kind of one one shoe fits all kind of approach. So that's where right. I kind of say it's, this is loaded because it's your experience and your journey. Yeah. Well, for me, I, I guess I had a choice initially to, to be very quiet about this or, or be public about it. And I made the choice to, uh, to go public with it. Um, and, and I have friends in, in different places, you know, different States and countries, relatives, and the best way for me to, uh, reach out to them and uh, let them know what's happening with me was through Facebook. And I've used that as a platform to uh, send my message out there. And it's resulted in an army really of, of support uh, from family and friends who, who know what I'm going through. And uh, then it helps me because I have a respect level, uh, you know, well, particularly now with COVID because of, you know, the conditions of being what they are and, and my, you know, compromised immunity. I, there's a, a level of respect and it's helped me sleep at night. It's helped me, uh, with my confidence because I, I know that there's other people praying for me and, and, you know, keeping good thoughts for my future and, and encouraging me. And, and that's, you can't put a price on that. That's just been so valuable. Uh, you know, just day to day for me to have, have that kind of support. Strength in numbers. And, uh, you know, full disclosure, you, you and I have become pretty good friends. I, I consider you a friend uh, through this journey uh, meeting, you know, Likewise. through our local chamber and, uh, you know, socially on Facebook and just to, you know, I know your friends for your, for your big birthday celebration, you know, they, you guys all got together and celebrated. So it's also, uh, pretty special for me, Kevin, to see from the personal side, you know, and, and I don't think we mentioned here, you're a diehard Met fan. And, you know, before we were recording, you know, I know you said you, you would go to probably about nine or 10 games a year in person down the town, the city field uh, with friends, you know, and I know you've been posting a bunch of, you know, throughout the, the baseball season here about being together and tailgating with friends, memories, old memories, right. Of being down at the stadium and, and being with family and friends. So, um, I've seen that firsthand, so it's pretty special to see. Yeah, thank you. What uh, next question is? What is your number one tip on fighting this? Well, uh, you've probably seen it on Facebook. <laughs> my my motto is faith over fear, and um, I I don't know that I invented that, but uh, <laughs> I live by it. it. Uh, I just maybe I heard it, thought of it. I, I you know, it's just. To me, it in three words summarizes how I uh, find 
a way to, you know, get up in the morning because there are days, like I said earlier, that you just, you want to say, ah, well, maybe I don't want to continue with this treatment, but, uh, I'm a faithful person. I wouldn't consider myself, um, uh, you know, uh, hugely religious, but, uh, I believe that there's a God and that there's, uh, behavior that you can, uh, display that he hears and, or she hears. And, uh, there's, uh, there's a, a power out there that you have a chance to take advantage of. And uh, that's my feeling is why not? I, I have nothing to lose but to be faithful that there's, you know, better day ahead. It's powerful. Uh, next question. And I'm going to change the order that I gave you ahead of time. What hasn't worked if you know, and, and this is a tough question. And, and what do I mean by this? And, and to share with our audience, you know, this could be something treatment wise or something that, you know, someone said to you, Hey, you should try this. And it just didn't, do anything at all. Or maybe it was just an approach, um, you know, in, in going into, you know, uh, one of the treatments or, you know, something along this journey. And again, hindsight being 2020, I know it's always easy to look back and go, oh yeah, that, that didn't really work. So it's not a, a way to beat ourselves up here, but just to share with our audience, something that maybe you realized, you know, initially thought it was a good idea, but then after just didn't really work out the way you intended. Yeah, uh, I'm going to have to think a little bit about that one because uh, I, I've tried many things and I like to think of them as all working in some regard. Um, it, I, I said earlier, the biggest challenge that I've had is trying to keep my weight up. And uh, most hospitals, including uh, Smilo, have uh, nutrition programs that uh, they, they try to encourage you to eat the right foods to maintain your weight because your weight means your energy and, uh, your energy means your ability to physically withstand the, um, the treatments because they, they can take the life out of you. Uh, so that, that's been the, the hardest part, I guess. I don't know that it hasn't worked because I, I really did, like I said, I wanted to lose 10 pounds anyway. <laughs> before I was diagnosed to get down to 170 and you know, I'll get there eventually. It's just going to take maybe some Christmas cookies this year or something like that. Extra so, Guinness. Yeah. A few extra pints, but, uh, it, it's, it's the, been the biggest challenge I would say for me. Uh, but I, I have such perspective though, Dino, because when I go into the, you know, waiting room for a treatment, and I look around and I, I, you know, I feel like, well, you know, I'm 63 years old and I probably look like I'm 50. And many people like kind of look at me, my friends, even like, well, why are you going for treatments? You, you look yeah. great, you know, but, uh, you know, I, I don't want to look thin and it does take your mu muscle mass away mm -hmm. because you just don't have the strength to keep, you know, the exercise level that you might have been accustomed to. Um, so that in terms of not working, I guess the nutrition part, even though I've tried to stick to it, um, uh, it's, it's still a little challenge for me. Yeah. I think that's something that I think a lot of people, I know for my dad, uh, that was like the biggest challenge, you know, was that nutrition piece. And I know people have, uh, 
you know, supplemented in many ways. But I think that's probably the, you know, one of the biggest challenges that people face uh, battling pancreatic cancer in particular, just because it, it impacts that GI tract so much, um, you know, with, with weight uh, loss and weight gain. It just, uh, it becomes a real, real challenge. Last question. And, yeah. No, go ahead. No, I was going to say that, you know, just for your viewers or listeners, I, I think that there are, uh, the nutrition programs they have at hospitals are outstanding. And, oh, yeah. uh, some of them, some of the things they offer are, you know, really very worthwhile just in terms of, uh, the calorie intake and, uh, trying to make make sure that you get the right level of vitamins and things like that through you know shakes and uh, different types of supplemental vitamin uh, uh, options that uh, that I, I do use so that, that has helped I wouldn't I would I, I would encourage people to use those types of uh, supplements they're huge and I think that's mm -hmm. the one thing though too. And, you know, it's, I've kind of said this with pancreatic cancer, no one really knows about it until they're in it. Right. And so you don't know nutritionally. I mean, I think people watch, but, um, there's some great programs. I've been, you know, fortunate to see some of these cancer centers that are, you know, full comprehensive nutrition counseling, you know, because it is critical to understand, you know, how many calories you need to get in in a day to supplement, you know, the treatments that you're going through and the, and the disease that you're fighting. So there's a, there's a lot of great information out there, you know, with these centers, you know, in terms of nutrition. And it is such a, a, a key piece of battling pancreatic cancer, but all cancers. Um, Absolutely. I think it's people, vital. Yeah. And I don't think people think about that, right? Like people go in and, and colleges don't, I mean, I don't want to beat up oncologists here. I think some of them probably do talk about it. And I, I, full disclosure, I haven't been in an oncologist office for one of those types of visits in, in some time. But I just remember, uh, you know, in my personal situation, I mean, it was mentioned. But, you know, if you think about the whole piece here of battling cancer, just as a general, you know, there's the treatment. There's a recovery, um, you know, which involves nutrition and, you know, everything else that goes on with that, just not taking chemotherapy, but, you know, the after effects, the side effects, uh, the long-term effects, the and how that impacts nutrition is, is super critical. So there's, there's a lot to, you know, understand and think about. So for those listeners at home, you know, clearly reach out to your cancer center or your oncologist. Uh, they should have access to nutritionists and, and, and it's a well worthwhile resource to utilize. Uh, I agree. Yes, it is. My last question here, Kevin, is looking back at this journey, and this again is a, is, is a loaded question, is what has worked really well? If there's maybe one thing that's worked really well for you um, that you can share with our audience, we'd love to hear that. Uh, well, I, I, I'm going to I guess probably repeat what I mentioned in the first question, uh, the private public, uh, dilemma that I had when I was first diagnosed is, you know, the choice I made was to go public and I did it for selfish reasons because I didn't really feel like I had the energy to spend hours on the phone with each one of my friends and, uh, and family members. So I, I thought this would be a, um, efficient way for me to, communicate to people through uh, social media and you know that has worked 
extraordinarily well for me, uh, you know, going public. And I, so I would recommend for, for anyone, uh, I mean, it's your own personal choice. Some people are private and, and really just initially, initially you might not feel that way. I mean, it's kind of a diagnosis that can be crippling and devastating to tell people about. But, uh, when I did come out, so to speak, and talk about it, uh, I got just a remarkable response from, from my, uh, fan, fan club. I can't. <laughs> Okay. I never thought I'd say I had a fan club, but I, I suppose I have a fan club. And, uh, you know, fan clubs can be uh, really helpful. Well, they have helped me, that's for sure. Again, seeing it, you know, from my standpoint, and I remember when uh, your friends and your wife did that special thing for you um, for your birthday, it's just really powerful. And, and I think, you know, one thing – this kind of brings us full circle as we, we talk about, you know, the, the power of, you know, this journey and sharing these journeys, but this episode, you know, we're coming on 10 years and we've talked about community and, and sharing information. And I've often said that, you know, no one should fight alone, you know, and that's an awful thing, regardless of what cancer it may be. And, you know, we know the, the devastation and the reality of pancreatic cancer, but no one should fight alone. And I think, you know, what you just said, you know, in terms of having this network of people to lean on and to get you through this, just like, you know, organizations like Project Purple and, you know, groups at, you know, cancer centers, you know, that they offer, you know, to, to network with other people, how that can help you, not just physically, but mentally, you know, and, and that's something that I think, um, you know, we live in a wonderful country, you know, I, 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 you know, my parents immigrated to this country and, you know, there, there's hundreds of thousands of people that have come here to, to create a, a wonderful life for their families. And, you know, that, that's something that's really, really special, but no one should fight alone regardless in, in any cancer. So, um, I know it's a, it's a tough battle and it's something that, uh, you know, a lot of times people want to keep to themselves or maybe there's a pride thing that they can get through this. But, uh, you know, there's groups, there's friends, there's family, and there's faith that will help you get through this, you know. So uh, I appreciate you sharing that, Kevin, because it's really a powerful message, you know, in terms of fighting this thing that uh, that you're in it and you're in the trenches and, you know, there's people here that want to help and, and you know, to accept that is, is really kind of a powerful message here. Yeah. And some of my friends over the course of the last six years uh, have reached out to me privately because they have either uh, a family member or a friend or someone that they work with that I uh, was diagnosed. And, uh, you know, there's been probably half a dozen occasions when I've had the chance to speak to, uh, people, uh, who were fighting it. And, uh, may not have the same support system that I, I'm fortunate enough to have. And uh, I like to think of myself as being able to, you know, add to their, uh, uh, you know, faith over fear. Yeah. It's powerful stuff. Kevin, thank you for joining us on the Project Purple podcast once again. And uh, thank you for inspiring us and giving me the opportunity to share your journey 
on our podcast. Always my pleasure, Dino. Thank you. Thank you. All right, we're back in the studio here with our special guest, Ryan Hanadel. Hey, Ryan, thank you for joining us on the Project Purple podcast. Yeah, thank you, Daniel. Good to be here. So for our listeners in a home, they may remember Ryan's story. Um, hopefully, many of you listening have heard his story on a previous podcast. If you haven't, we recommend you go back and, and listen to that. But if you have not heard Ryan's story, Ryan, for our audience that hasn't heard your story... Let's give them a, a brief journey uh, update uh, in terms of where you are in your journey with pancreatic cancer. Um, so right now I am uh, post-chemo and radiation. It's been about nine months of, of, that, uh, of that path. And leading up to surgery where they went in and found that my pancreatic uh, tumor has uh, metastatically gone over to my liver and the so that disqualified me for surgery. And so now I'm about two months into kind of uh, some uh, alternate treatments and just kind of thinking through everything and kind of getting uh, my grounds on, on where we're headed and, and the best way to, to move forward. So that's a, a very quick, <laughs> <laughs> very quick story, but uh, that's, where, that's where we are. Um, yeah. And so you were you were diagnosed previously, and then uh, were in uh, I, I guess to use the word traditional treatment, but that's not necessarily that's that's such an oxymoron because I don't think anything's traditional. But you were doing chemo, and then your hope was to get to that surgery and and to have that surgery to remove the tumor, um, right. and then that kind of brings us. Yeah, and let me just talk. Let me just speak to that surgery and about kind of your treatment path. Um, when I, when I received the, the news that I did not, uh, get the surgery, I was more relieved than I have been in a long time. Hmm. And that sounds crazy because this, that whole nine month path was leading up to surgery. Let's get it out. You're done. Let's heal. Well, I had, I had emotional anxiety severe that I, I wasn't aware of. And so when that was, when that was lifted, it, it was just a natural lifting of, of this massive weight that I, I did not realize. And that anxiety had, had kept my digestion terrible, all of it. And I, you know, of course I'm, I was blaming it on the pancreatic, you know, it's digestive, um, all these issues. But once I did that, the digestion cleared up. Hmm. I felt so much better. So, I mean, if, if, if I can jump to the next, the next uh, question um, about like, what would I advise is like, be confident in what you're doing and, and believe in the, believe in the treatments that you're doing. Because uh, apparently I didn't, I, I thought I did and it was, it was deep, you know? Um, and I didn't, I didn't realize it until I was forced into another, another uh, path. So well, hindsight's always twenty twenty, man. I, I know you, you know, don't beat yourself up. I mean, I think, you know, I, you know, from personal experience, you know, with my dad, Ryan, I mean, I, I guess, you know, this is going back a ways, almost 11 years ago, 12 years ago, actually. Yeah. 
you know, the, I, I think as a society, like we're with this disease, like there's, there's one, two, and three, and you got to do one to get to two and two to get to three and three to get to, to four. And there's yeah. a fourth, right? Yeah. So no one, no one forced you to do anything. Right. And I, nope. I think though, I, I understand what you're saying because I can tell from how you sound quite honestly that, you know, that, that the stress, you know, I know you and I talked about before and we were kind of interacting full disclosure. I know you and I talk not often, but I think frequent enough, you know, before things. And, uh, I know you're a man of faith. Um, you've got a young family and, uh, I know your family has been a rock, but you hearing you say that, uh, I can tell in your voice, you know, how relieved, like you said, like you said, like the pressure's off, you know, almost in that, in that sense as well, because right. I, you know, and we've talked about this on many podcasts though. I, 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 and this is like the one thing with this podcast is everyone's journey is so different right? and what works for someone may not work for everyone. Absolutely. And, and, you know, I, I don't want our audience listening home to say that, like, that's not giving up hope. That's just the reality of it. Yeah. But maybe the direction or the path that you're on isn't like everyone else, but it's similar in sense. Right. And it's, it's just a matter of, of believing in where you're headed. Yeah. What I'm saying is if, if you believe that that's right, that's going to, your healing is going to happen much better than if you didn't believe in it. And I, and I, you know, I did on the outside, but apparently I was, you know, internally I wasn't paying attention and, and I was just, it was apparently tearing me up and, you know, I'm more of a natural guy anyway, but, um, I just, I couldn't, I couldn't commit to that initially. And I was, I was fine with that, with that path, uh, with the quote traditional path, you know, um, but it, you know, it didn't work for me. And that's honestly, if, if, you know, if we're going into faith, I believe that I believe that the Lord saved me from the surgery because right now I am, I'm feeling so much better, um, where I'm at. And, you know, there could be complications. There's a lot of things you can think about. But I don't, I don't go down those roads of, of what ifs and things that didn't happen or could have happened. That's not helpful, but, um, you know, I am, I am thankful to be where I am right now. I've gone through all that. I'll never regret not doing it. And now to see, uh, what can happen when you align your body with what it was supposed to do in the first place, right? Your, your immune system should have taken care of these, uh, these cells that went crazy. And now, you know, I get to go to work on that and, and hopefully reverse that process. It's powerful. So best advice you mentioned would be confidence. Second question would be, what would be your number one tip or your number one go-to for someone listening that maybe has just been diagnosed? And this is for your situation. And and then this is the power of of sharing these stories is what was it for you? Man, that's, I mean, it's heavy because being where I am now, I'm I'm in a good place. When you're, I'm trying to revisit those days when, when you get the news and, you know, there's a lot of fear. There's, there's fear, um, 
in the system. Uh, that there's not a lot of hope that you're going to get from the establishment because it, they can't can't guarantee guarantee anything, and you know, it's just there's there's lawsuits and all that. Like I get it. Um, you you're going to need to find hope. You need to believe that you can do this, so that you can get through this. There are ways to do it, and you can do this because it's been done. And to, to know this, you need to read all the success stories that you can. They're out there. There's books. There's great resources for that. Because if you research the other stuff, you're not going to find anything good. You re- research stats, all that stuff, not not going to help. So I guess sticking through this, I would I would say look for hope in anywhere, any source that you can find, especially survivor stories, because they happen all the time. Can, you can do this. Can you think about a story that just for you, just like at the top of your, you know, head that you said like, Hey man, not necessarily the tipping point, but it was that one that kind of was the one that did it for you. Uh, hmm. I think just not specifically, but, but generally it's just the, the guys that you see running later. That's, that's been my visualization is, mm-hmm. Is me getting back to running. I was, you know, that's been my thing for a, a lot of years. And the guys that I hear about, like I've heard them on your podcast. I've read stories about them. People that, you know, are, are back to doing what they do into into older ages. And when you get your perspective switches and you gain such a such an outlook on life that. It's time is really what you're what you're seeking. Time with your family, time with others. That's what you're. That's what you're getting at. And um, you know, to be able to extend that and and hope for that, and and see other people that have done that is amazing. And believing that you're going to be there, just believe it. Just believe it. Powerful. My next question. What has been the biggest challenge in this journey for you? I would I would say the treatments, the chemo and the radiation. A lot of people say the chemo is worse. I that went on longer for me. Mm-hmm. But the radiation was a is a big hit. I lost fifty five pounds, and I'm I've gained a little bit back now. Um, that's been very hard to gain weight back, and Getting through those treatments, the sick feelings, nausea, the fatigue, it's no joke. You know, that's definitely the hardest thing. Um, but uh, and also some of this emotional health that I was mentioning, just digging deep and doing some of that stuff, it's, that's hard work too. Um, but that has been that has been very helpful beyond what I – it's hard to calculate, right? Yeah, you can you can get better. You can get you know not feel nauseous, and that's very measurable. But this this work that you do internally is uh, it's hard, but it's man, it's rewarding. Um, but yeah, to answer the question, the, the treatments they just knock you down, and you know take your weight, and your your energy, all of it, your muscle tone, and just trying to get get back from that now is is a challenge as well. My last question here, I do have one more that just popped up. 
I got a bonus question here for you, but my second to last, I should say, what's worked best for you in this journey? I don't, I don't, I think it's an all, all inclusive thing. I think you hit it from all sides. You've got your, your emotional stuff. You have your nutrition. That's huge. Exercise, your fitness. That's huge. It all, it all ties in, um, quiet times, meditation to be doing a yoga or Tai Chi practice sauna to visualization I, I really believe it, it ties all in and, and so the one thing would be to get regimented have a practice in all these areas because this is this is now your job your job is to heal and you need all of it to work together to do that and so getting regimented about practicing sustainable things in all these areas is going to be your greatest uh, path to success for this. It's powerful. Question that came up. I mean, I know uh, it's two parts. I know you've been running a bit. Uh, how's that been? How's that feel? Oh, my goodness. Amazing. Amazing. I'm up to two miles now. Actually, I ran a 5K the other day. If I don't That's work awesome. out before, so I'm, I'm doing you know some body weight stuff and uh, some light weight. Um, you know, if you know my journey, I, I, I was overweight. And I started at the same place of just uh, some body weight stuff and running. And I'm back there now trying to just get really trying to build muscle tone and keep my cardio going. But, uh, you know, running as a fellow runner, you know how it feels when you can just go out and run. Yeah. When it feels like walking, it's just, it's therapy. It's, it's the remedy. And, you know, getting back to that, it's just, uh, it's amazing. It's been too long. It's way too long, and to be able to get back to it, you know, your body's resilient. Um, you know, you're going to get hit down by some treatments, but you can come back from it. It's coming. You know, it's coming. Well, it's uh, it's great to see a post when I see you're, you're running. So, uh, which is just awesome to see that because I know that's a that's a happy space for you and a happy place. <laughs> On our last podcast, um, and to stay with the running. You know, we talked, you and I, I was like, hey, who's a role model, you know, running? I think this was on air, and, and you said Tommy Ribas, and I was like, ribs. And I was like, oh, man, yeah, that yeah. guy's crazy. And then, you know, I started following him, mm -hmm. and lo and behold, he gets diagnosed with cancer. So, Yeah. I know. I, I couldn't believe it. You know, it's and that's, that just shows you it doesn't matter. No. It, you know, we can try to pinpoint why. Yeah. A guy like that running ultras and, you know, can't think of anybody more uh, in better shape and then it hits them. So the thing, you know, you can, you can do everything you think you're doing right and it can hit you, but it's, there's always some reason, you know, it's not this mysterious uh, kind of thing that just shows up, but the, you know, there's always some kind of root cause and, and, and you can figure that out. But to see, to see a guy like that, you know, to, to have this, you know, he's going to fight through and he's going to make it. I know he will. Because um, that's that's what you... He's a fighter. You have to be a fighter. It's the only way to get through it. Well, Ryan, thank you for uh, sharing your update on your journey. And thank you for inspiring us every day here at Project Purple. And, and it truly is a pleasure to see you uh, as we before we hit record. You and I were talking about how you've been interacting with our community and it's been really special 
You know, I, I've reflected a lot during the, the last couple months because of COVID has forced me to do this, which is something I didn't do a lot. But, you know, it's really special to see, you know, participants. And we were talking about a couple, you know, alumni that have been like so engaged um, with you on social media. And it's just really, mm-hmm. that that's just something that's really special. And, you know, if there's anything that I take away from our time together, which is not done far from being done here. Um, I don't mean it that way, but you know, the time that we've gotten to know each other, Ryan, yeah, is that, uh, to see that happening, you know, with two participants because of this podcast, because of this organization to me, Mm -hmm. it's just really, really special. So thank you for allowing, you know, us and allowing me to, to share your story and to sp- inspire others and continue to inspire and impact people in such a positive way. And we wish you all the best in this journey and uh, we're with you every step of the way. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. It's, it's why this happened to me is so more, more positivity, more encouragement can happen. That's why. I love it. Thank you, Ryan, for being on the podcast. Thank you, Dino. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Project Purple Podcast. This has been an amazing journey for the Project Purple Podcast over the last two years to share stories of inspiration from our community of people fighting pancreatic cancer and allowing us to share their journey. If you like what you hear, please continue to follow us wherever you might listen to podcasts and feel free to share the inspirational stories that we share here on the podcast. Thank you for listening, and until next time, please be safe, and remember, you are Project Purple.